0: Welcome back to the Behind the Net podcast. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Matthew, and joined with me today is...
1: Michael, the other co-host. How's it going, guys?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Michael?
1: Things have been going well. Uh, as, as I've been saying for like the same thing for three weeks, I'm, but uh, forgive, me for, forgive me if I'm repeating myself here, but I mean, things have been going well, man. I School's mean, been yeah. school, work's been work, uh, sports are still on. And then there's probably gonna be no not as many sports left after this week, but it is what it is.
0: I mean, that's been the pandemic, right? Like little little adjustments every week.
1: You know, I wanted to talk about something before uh, we get we get into our big uh, interview. As you can tell by the title of the podcast, Keyshawn's back Okay. boy
0: Keyshawn. Yeah, this is <laughs> third time, third time because we love having him. Honestly, um, yep. just a stand-up guy overall, like awesome. Just an awesome guy to talk to, and he's doing such big things in the industry right now. Especially given, you know, how much like how hard it's been to, you know, get content going during this time. Um, but he's always he's always staying on top of it. So that's going to be very very fun.
1: Absolutely, uh, that will be coming up very shortly. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I did want to talk about a jumbo acquisition at least made uh, a jumbo <laughs> not too long ago. Uh, yeah. Joe Thornton is a Toronto Maple Leaf. So, I wanted to ask you, where where were you when he found out about it, and what do you think about his uh, addition?
0: I mean, nothing special. I was literally at home. Um, I know that we were kind of getting teased with, uh, you know, the rumors about him uh, joining the Maple Leafs for uh, pretty much for most of that week, and then uh, I think it was Ellie Friedman who tweeted out that, you know, it, it was heating up, and then literally, like, five minutes later, like, I, I got the notification that he signed with um, the Leafs. It happened that quickly. And yep. I mean, uh, I won't say I was surprised because as I said, you know, we were kind of being teased with the the rumors all week as it being a, a very realistic thing to happen. And, uh, I thought it was great. I mean, minimum contract, like, you know, I, I, 700,000 you're, you're paying for what you're really paying for is, you know, what, what the Leafs really want is his leadership skills and just have, being a depth player, a depth player that, that can actually play at the NHL level very well. And, uh, there's no way I, my first thought was there's no way he can you know underperform his value for his contract
1: yep. absolutely uh i'll just say it i was just hanging out with some friends uh we saw the rumors a lot of people were saying uh, oh i don't really see the, the need and he's probably going to cost a lot but once we saw the contract it was like hey you know what it's not it's not bad it's really good value for the lease. and just think about it this way it's Joe Frickin' Fortin he is a living legend in the hockey world Uh, probably one of, he's going to go down as a hall of famer once his career ends, who knows when that will be. He probably might even play uh, another year after this year and just his presence overall is going to give this least locker room a huge boost. Now I I saw on Twitter, a lot of, uh, players were overall very excited about it because they're retweeting it a lot, um, saying some positive things. Uh, A lot of people were very excited about his acquisition and you have to think about it this way. A 41-year-old Joe Thornton has garnered the most positive reaction from the fan base out of all the moves that Lee's made, even though Joe Thornton is probably not going to have as big an impact as, let's say, TJ Brody or Wayne Simmons. That should just tell you how much Joe Thornton means to a lot of people.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm so excited about, the you know, you know uh, TJ Brody, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, all the acquisitions. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joe Thornton, he's a big name. He's He's pretty much a legend already and uh it's a big acquisition i mean first overall in 1997 he's you know he's won mvp in the past maybe that's not that's not him anymore but you know i said it before i'm really excited about his leadership aspect because um i think i said like, even last season um the thing i, I found with patrick marlow was patrick marlow was a great leader but you know they, they tended just to put just him as the as the major vet on the team and then think yeah. you know he could mentor the whole team right I think every team needs a good chunk of of vets and now you have that you have that in Thornton and Spezza and Simmons now and even Bogosian who just won a cup you know that's a lot of experience you're just adding on right there um it when you know the Leafs are no longer a young young team right so now you have that 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 mix of you know young players you know the the guys kind of you know at the end of their prime mid mid prime time and then and then uh you know the vets the the old experienced vets and and yeah and then on top of that i just think it's a great signing because la- i mean don't get me wrong you know he is declining but last season he still put up 31 points and uh if he could slot in right now it's looking like a, you know the fourth line but if he can slot into the third line and be a third line center and be productive that makes uh kerfoot even expendable so i mean that's all you know hypothetical but you know this is kind of, you know, 3D chess here. You know, you're kind of looking at it at different angles, that that different possibilities that can open up there. So I think just a good uh, low-risk signing all, all the way.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's going to be the biggest question mark going into the season is how do you adjust the lines? Uh, we still have to wait on uh, Ilya Mikheyev and Travis Dermott getting their contracts. So they're pretty much the last two things at least need to take care of before they can just focus on the the coming season. And I wrote about this very recently. Projecting the least lines, you can check it out on the least nation. I'm sure it's uh, near the top of the page somewhere. But uh, what I have is Joe Thorns on the third line, centering the third line because historically he's had better faceoff numbers than Kerfoot. But you could also see a scenario where he's on the wing on that third line or even centering the fourth line. It really all depends on Mm -hmm. uh, what Keith's thinking for usage and uh, what he would like to, what kind of matchups he wants to get out of uh, his guys. And how to get the most out of them. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, what the least lineups look like on opening
0: night, whenever that is. For sure. So, um, with that, I mean, we do talk talk about that with Keyshawn for a bit, and and you know, I would have talked about some Raptors here, but hey, I mean, Keyshawn's the man for that. So how about we head into that interview right now? <laughs>
1: Well, this man needs no introduction but i'm gonna give one anyway he's been one of our favorite guests on the show one of our favorite sports photographers and just an overall awesome guy welcome back to the show Keyshawn mystery how's it going
2: good guys how are you it's uh, it's been a it's been a few months but it's good to catch up with you guys uh going into the, the last part of the year i've been well uh how about you guys
0: i've been i've been good Well, uh, yeah um Same you know here. things have been uh picking up you know sports wise and we we got to see i mean the last time we had you on was like when we didn't even know if sports was coming back and now you know that's two right. <laughs> two of the major leagues have have come and gone and finished their playoffs and uh yeah it's been it's been pretty cool pretty cool to see
1: absolutely yeah and it's been it's been good for me too uh life's been going by but uh you know that's just the way things go and uh and uncertain times like this you just got to make the most of it right
2: yeah, like that's what I always like to say people to people. Like, you you can either like feel bad about the situation you're in and not do anything about it, or you could be proactive with it. See, like, hey, I have some extra time at home. What could I start? Maybe it's a, a new creative project or uh, networking online, going on LinkedIn, all those kind of things, and just uh, using this time to kind of focus in on uh, your craft and also yourself too, if you want to start. Uh, working out or starting to eat healthy now you don't have the excuse of oh, i'm I'm never home now you're always home right so now you there's no excuse uh to kind of start making good habits with yourself so that's what i like to say to people
0: for Absolutely. sure for sure and i mean uh i mean on that topic like yeah the last time we had you on was what late march early april around that mm-hmm. time and we were talking about like trying to figure out things to do during uh the whole quarantine period but from then till now, like, what have you been up to? Uh, I know a lot of time has passed, and you've probably been up to quite a lot of things.
2: Yeah, so I I can't remember uh, what what when we when we left off the last time if I was doing graphics with the MLB yet, but I um, think you
0: were. I think you you. I, were start- it was the start of yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So
2: mm-hmm. what was great about the whole the whole pre preseason and going into the season that kept me pretty busy. Uh, throughout like the the first few months of quarantine and then once the season got underway at the end of July sort of August uh, I was just I I was just have just been working kind of every day uh, working regular hours sometimes working nights doing photo editing and offline uh, kind of edits for for different things and during this time it's it really helps that I'm kind of uh, talented in a few different areas so graphic design video editing all that kind of stuff and I've just been a, a big help to the the kind of social media coverage that the MLB has done this season and they can kind of plug and play me uh, in these different roles throughout the, throughout the season. And even now during the playoffs. Uh, so I have at least something to do every day, which is kind of cool. So that's kept me busy. Um, aside from that, I haven't really been taking that many photos uh, to be honest. I've, I've gone out a few times with a, a couple of friends just, uh, in the area we'll, we'll, we'll explore around inner city or just out, outside of our city in Brampton and just take f- uh, pictures. Uh, but other than that, just MLB stuff, a little bit of photography and a few freelance projects
0: here and there. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. <laughs> and um, I'll go on Michael.
1: I was just going to say, uh, you know, photography, obviously is one of your talents. And for those of you who, uh, listeners who don't really know Keyshawn, he did a lot of work for Yahoo Sports, uh, photography, like capturing the Raptors and then for a bit the Leafs. So I know, I know, like, f- you would love to be out there photographing, that's your bread and butter. But, uh, how's that adjustment been to uh, moving from photography, like capturing sports games to doing the edits uh, online? And then, of course, uh, what you've been doing uh, lately, photography wise?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely missing it, especially now during the playoffs. Like, I'll, I'll see, like, because. MLB, we have like a Slack Slack group if you guys know what Slack is, yeah. and all like the on-site coverage comes in from all of my like coworkers down in Arlington and before in San Diego, uh, covering like the uh, like the DS series, the the wildcard series, and the championship series. And it was it just made me like a kind of jealous that they were there, kind of capturing that content and like killing it and like capturing those big moments. Like it kind of reminded me of like what I was doing last year. Ah, uh, covering the Raptors, right? And so, uh, definitely, definitely, very envious of the people in those positions. And like all, all, all the the my coworkers on on that live content team have been doing such a phenomenal job uh, there, kind of capturing video content and photo content and, as well. And it makes like the the remote editor's jobs a lot easier. Um, and so, yeah, like the photography, like hopefully, hopefully soon. Uh, We'll get some sports back in Toronto uh, within the next six months or year, hopefully, uh, so I can go out there and do what I love doing. But if not, um, kind of just taking a step back and seeing what else I can do with my photography. I've I've been working with a few uh, local artists, like uh, hip-hop artists and rappers and stuff like that over the summer as well, just helping with photography and a little bit of video and video editing as well. And then, so hopefully, just continuing that in the in the in the meantime before sports comes back, just to keep my my skills sharp and offering more things to my portfolio as well. But either than that, just going going out as much as I can with my friends and just taking photos uh, here and there. But yeah, definitely envious of of my coworkers down now covering the World Series this week and next week as well.
0: Okay, so while we're on the topic of uh, your job with uh, MLB can you just tell us a little bit about your experience so far working remotely and how that kind of differentiated from your kind of expectations heading into the job pre COVID. And then also do you have any favorite moments um, working on the job so far?
2: Yeah. So heading into the job, like my job description was to be a live content creator in Toronto. So basically what meant that, what that meant was, being at every Blue Jays game, every Blue Jays home game and capturing photo and video. Um, But since the Jays didn't play in Toronto this year, they played in Buffalo. I kind of had to pivot my job role. And so everything that I pretty much signed up for didn't really happen. So there was no real expectations uh, going into the job, knowing that the Jays wouldn't be playing uh, in Toronto this season. And just, just by getting to work from home, has been really good. And like, I've gotten to, it's, it's actually been better in a way because I find that if I didn't have this opportunity to kind of do different things for the, the social content team, uh, I wouldn't be as valuable. If you know, if you, if you guys know what I mean, mm-hmm. like if yeah. I, if I was just doing photo and video as like a, as a, like a LCC, that that's what they call them. I don't think I would be recognized as valuable to the team the same way I am now. So in a way it was kind of like a blessing in disguise like hopefully next year the Jays might play in Toronto uh and I get to do kind of both um but it's it's just been great great working at home like I I kind of make up not make up my own schedule but uh in in terms of graphics I have a certain uh list of graphics to do daily and so I I just have to finish them before they're they're kind of due like a before the deadline is due so i can do them throughout the day or if i have time at night do it at night or get started earlier and then uh recently with the playoffs kind of being on on a schedule more during the night because of the games are happening during the night so tonight game one of the world series i'll be on very soon actually uh to start prepping for video live video edits so all all the stuff all the content captured down at uh in texas right now so Pre-game arrivals, locker room shots, all that kind of stuff, and making a quick kind of video edit for the social team to use. And then also during the game, when um, the game's going on, different plays, different highlight plays, they'll send uh, the live team down in Texas will send down send out um, their live footage, and then I'll sync it to broadcast audio or make, let's say, a quick edit of it or any of that kind of stuff for uh, the social team to use. Yeah. And favorite favorite part um yeah. de- definitely seeing uh my work on the mlb feeds have ta- like just that whole experience has been really cool uh for me like before like working with tsn and yahoo like those were decent sized audiences in canada but like something like the mlb like your work is being seen all across the world right so
0: internationally yeah
2: internationally mm-hmm. right so just just the prospect of uh so thousands of, of eyes looking at my work it's been my favorite part for sure
0: and that's amazing because yeah i've been seeing honestly your work posted a lot and it's it's, it's insane like especially the video edits they're, they're really nice by the way um yeah thank you but but yeah i mean that must feel like so so great just to see it and and uh, i know a lot of fans love it too
2: mm-hmm. and i hope what i'm gonna do once the season is over in, in the next couple of weeks like look back at all the work I've done and make a little mini portfolio, uh, just to have for myself or even, even for applying for new jobs in the future. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really cool to see like a portfolio of like someone working for a league, right? That's, it's pretty rare, uh, to, to have that. So definitely we'll take advantage of making a portfolio for that.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Um, we, we know that we understand that you've been doing some portrait photography uh, on the side, uh, mm. noticed a, a bit of that out on your Twitter as well. How has that changed since the pandemic started?
2: Yeah, um, deaf deaf people still want photos taken. And, uh, the stuff I've been posting is just with friends and stuff, but, um, the, th- the thing is like people, p- people still need photos taken of themselves. They, they still want to feel like they're active socially or they want to use it for their Instagram or even their Tinder profiles because a lot of people are on <laughs> dating apps these days. A lot more people. <laughs> um, a yeah. lot more people, right? You're just bored in the-, in the house, right? And why not get someone to take really nice photos of you to put on your profile? So d- definitely port, portraits it's something that i I did a lot when i was first starting up photography kind of building a portfolio and just um just practicing photography in general and it's something that i want to start picking up again um especially now with like other like event driven stuff that i usually shoot not happening so uh definitely want to do more portrait work whether it's just with friends or even some local uh, music artists as well just to i i really love how like portraiture is like how you're able to kind of tell stories um whether it's in the location you're shooting or just the way uh you capture someone in 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 a certain environment it's definitely something that i want to kind of perfect during this kind of quarantine time and then hopefully can kind of transition it more into the sports world and kind of doing more portraiture with athletes and people like that yeah
0: do you uh I was just wondering, do you, do you find like any differences or or I guess what, what's different about trying to shoot, um, you know, portraits and things like that during, uh, during the pandemic, like, like taking, you know, social distancing into account and everything, I guess like, do you find any differences there or how do you go about it safely?
2: Um, it, 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 honestly depends on the client. Like some are more comfortable, uh, than others, obviously maintaining that social distance is always important. Uh, wearing a mask, as, as myself, like wearing a mask and if I have uh, like an assistant with me or just different people with me, definitely wearing a mask. But um, it hasn't really affected my work that much. Like I, it, with, with the lenses I use and the camera I use, I'm never really that close to the the, the the people that I take portraits of anyways. And so there, in that kind of retrospective and that kind of train of thought, uh, there, there isn't really more that much of a difference kind of doing the work that I do now as opposed to pre-COVID times so um it 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 all just relies on the, the kind of comfortability of the people that you're working with like um some some are the people that are more like conscious and uh I wouldn't say afraid to kind of go out for shoots and stuff like that but more conscious um those are the people that probably wouldn't Uh, elect to get photos taken during this time if you know if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely um, the the amount of people uh, that have reached out to me is a lot less during these these times as opposed to uh, pre-covid even 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 if it's just meeting other photographers kind of networking that way because in the photography community photographers love to meet other photographers right and they love to kind of shoot together and just network together. And I, f- I feel like that's kind of dropped off a lot, uh, during the, the pandemic for, for, for sure. obvious reasons.
0: For sure. Um, I, I was just wondering, like, obviously we have a lot of time these days, uh, for anyone, you know, looking to pick up a camera and kind of get into shooting, I guess, during a pandemic, do you have any tips for them? Like, especially given the the circumstances?
2: Yeah, um, definitely, Go out as much as you can right now because soon it's gonna be snowing, and it, in Canada and Toronto especially. So it, once it starts snowing, like yeah, you can take really cool photos, but like your motivation might go down a little bit. And also the sun go starting is starting to go down at like six thirty now, which kind of sucks. Um, but definitely go out during the day. Use a family member or use some use a close friend and maintain that social distance and practice portraiture. And just go out and enjoy. Like right now, the leaves are turning colors too, and it's just beautiful everywhere. So definitely take advantage of that, going to your local park or local trails or anything like that, and just embrace the nature that 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 we're we're blessed with every day, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a, I was teaching a, a, a photography online camp with a, like eleven to fourteen year olds kind of thing earlier this summer. And I always, I always l- like to tell them that, like, go out in nature and just take in everything. Because a lot of times, like, we'll go outside and we won't like fully take in everything that's around us. We're we're usually distracted by either conversation or we're on our phone or anything like that. But like during during like COVID and the pandemic, I went on a lot of walks uh, in my neighborhood just to get out of the house and take a break from work and. You should. You can be amazed about what's in your neighborhood and what what different nature things, different different animals hanging out, the different trees, the different different everything, right? And what better way to capture that with uh, than a camera, right? So mm-hmm. definitely, if you if you're picking up a hobby, and uh, photography is one of those hobbies that uh, you can definitely pick up during the pandemic because it doesn't really require uh, people. Like you can you can just go out by yourself. You can go explore. Uh, different areas in your town or even just slightly outside of your town and really get some really cool results and then you can go back and then another hobby you could have is editing right like photo Mm -hmm. editing or even a bit of video editing as well and you can really put together something that you're really proud of and then once pandemic is over you can start meeting up with people you can all you can go out and be like hey now i can take photos of other people start making some money And it may open up some more opportunities for you that way as well.
1: I have to ask, uh, you know, you've been developing a lot of new techniques uh, in the wake of this pandemic. And obviously in times like this, you have to come up with some, some different strategies. Do you envision any of the things you've been coming up with uh, in these last few months uh, being used uh, once society returns to normal?
2: Uh, For me personally, I think, I think, doing more video and filming stuff is something that I want to continue with. Like over, over this pandemic, I've, I've been doing a little bit more of it. I've, um, I've shot a, a couple music videos for people too. So definitely after the pandemic is over, kind of continuing with that, doing, doing more video stuff and even bringing it to the world of the sports, like with sports, I've only kind of touched on photo stuff. And I think with, um, with the things that I've learned within video, over the past kind of months i can definitely take those skills and and do something really cool with it so hopefully uh we get sports soon because i really want to start practicing my video with sports uh very soon
0: for sure for sure um while we're on the topic of video i i I gotta ask uh i remember last time you were on you were talking about starting up a youtube channel and Mm -hmm. then you did start up the youtube channel and (laughs) we were all so hyped and yeah. um, I, I, I just looked up the channel and your last video and was six videos. months ago, man. <laughs> two videos, we we got two videos worth. I mean, I know it's you've been doing a lot of stuff, so so it's uh it, it's it's allowable. But are we ever gonna see uh the return of the YouTube channel again?
2: Yeah, uh, ho- hopefully by the end of the year. Like uh, I I wanted to do like weekly videos, and then like stuff kept popping up, and I kept postponing it. Um, and then I didn't really do any photography, uh, for like the first few months of pandemic. So there's nothing really to talk about or post about, but definitely kind of, I think I'm getting, I'm going to buy some new gear soon. So, um, definitely doing an unboxing and maybe a little bit of a review of the, a new lens I get or something new that I get and maybe start doing a little bit of vlogging as well, mm-hmm. or something along those lines, because people were very receptive to the two videos that I posted. And um, even now, like I'll I'll get a couple comments on the video being like, hey, can you make this video or can you do like a video tutorial on how you do your graphic edits and stuff like that? So there's definitely content to make and I just haven't made it yet. But hopefully, hopefully soon I can I can start that maybe maybe like World Series will be over uh, in the next kind of week to 10 days. So definitely we'll have some more time uh in my evenings for sure to start filming some stuff again I mean, so the uh, return is soon
0: <laughs> yeah I, I mean i was thinking like i mean even before the world series end you should film like a like a day in the life type vlog because i, I bet a lot of people would love to see kind of what goes into you know an mlb graphic designer or, or video editor just a content mm-hmm. creator
2: that's a that's a really good idea um so maybe maybe i'll 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 do I'll, like Set up a camera during my shift tonight or something. Yeah, um, just, I mean... just to go over what my process is and do a little screen recording and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. you
0: know, like those Casey Neistat type, uh, yep. <laughs> type videos. You know, you just put the camera down, do a little time lapse, and just yep. every hour, just give them a little <laughs> update. You know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would yeah. be really smart. So that would, that that's a, a, a really good video. idea. Mm-hmm.
0: And use Indeed. a
1: clickbait caption. Clickbait. Which of
2: the captions? <laughs>
1: i have no clue <laughs> i caught i caught a home run from 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 toronto
2: yeah that would be that be a really funny one it's but, like what is he talking about just, <laughs> just him doing an edit of a home run catch or i don't know something like that but, definitely definitely
0: uh, we'll look out for that if you uh if you work on that but yeah i, I feel something I drew, that yeah. would be pretty fun uh mm-hmm, yeah just I agree. something yeah uh but looking forward to that um so everyone who's Maybe, maybe listening. Uh, it's definitely coming back. It's definitely coming back.
2: Definitely coming back. Definitely coming back. Oh, yeah. hopefully, so, hopefully, one video by the end of the year. That's, you got to hold sure. me accountable to that.
0: You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if, if if he doesn't in a few weeks, like we'll we'll, we'll either me or my you guys we'll have, have to tweet to at me. Tweet at you. Yeah, just to remind you. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? All right. Um, let's go into some sports talk now. Yeah. Um. So obviously you've been following the MLB playoffs very closely. So uh I guess from you know also a fan perspective, what was your favorite moment of the MLB playoffs so far?
2: Um uh, def- definitely like during the season like I picked like the Padres like from right like the beginning to like support because of like Tatis Jr and like he was like over over the mm-hmm. off season like before the season started I would just watch highlights just to get more educated on baseball because i over the past couple of years i didn't really follow baseball that much especially with the jays not playing well and like not playing mlb the show as well like mm-hmm. wasn't really uh, up to date with baseball and the the poppin players that are in the league now and then over the over the offseason I'm just watching different highlights and I, I saw fernando tatis jr i was like this guy's gonna be special this year and right right off the right off the bat he was he was crushing home runs and all that kind of stuff so especially during the playoffs it was it was really really cool to watch him play and he hit hit, him hit those home runs and those bat flips as well um so definitely that wild card game between the Padres and Cardinals was one of my favorite moments and then um even on Sunday game seven Dodgers and and Braves like when like throughout the whole series I just wanted Cody Bellinger to hit like a, a big home run because i had a graphic prepared for him and i just wanted it to go live um and because a lot of times with graphics like you'll make all this stuff and they just never get posted because they're not relevant especially Mm -hmm. with these different like hype graphics and all that kind of stuff so throughout the whole series i was just waiting for bellinger to hit a a timely home run and it turns out game seven he did the, the winning home run the the go-ahead run that got the dodgers uh punched got the dodgers to punch the ticket into the finals right so and once that got posted uh it blew up on twitter like it did really well on instagram too so it, like from from a fan perspective and just a, a work perspective that that bellinger home run was definitely my favorite moment of the playoffs so far
1: awesome. i have to ask um because I obviously, as a Jays fan, you want to see them succeed. Mm-hmm. But from a from a meme perspective, you want to see the Miami Marlins in the World Series.
2: How oh, sad that... were you when they lost? <laughs> I, well, like the Marlins and the and the Astros as well. Like that that would have been crazy if the Astros made it. Like it it was almost looking like it, it was going to be Astros and Dodgers for. For at least a good moment, right? But it would have been funny to see the the Marlins go a little bit farther in the playoffs too. Just all the stuff that happened to them during the beginning of the season and how, like half their team got like COVID, right? So and they were playing with like different free agents on their team for for the longest time, and they still managed to make the playoffs and do pretty pretty well with it, given the given who was on their roster and them not having any expectations of being a playoff team this year. So uh, it would have been funny to see the the Marlins in the World Series this year, especially because in the in their history, they've the times that they made the playoffs, they've won the World Series, I'm pretty sure, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the, the two different times that they've made the playoffs. So it, it would have been funny to see that.
1: <laughs> Not going to lie, a tear shed down my face <laughs> when the Miami Marlins lost. That's the death of a meme.
2: Yeah, and that, now now like all that, that whole storyline is irrelevant. So, <laughs> but it would have been really funny to see I the Astros in the in the World Series this year. It would it would have been really fun to watch Astros and Dodgers uh this year and with the Rays and like there's no there's no real star power on the Rays uh, right now. And they're they're a well-managed team and they play well, but it would have been sick to see Carlos Correa and and going at the Dodgers throughout the whole whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, So
1: a few weeks, uh, just not too long ago, I was uh, chatting with you about a tweet that had a yes. quote from David West <laughs> about uh, Andrea Bargnani and Chris Bosch I wanted to go over with you a little bit in more detail. Do you think Chris Bosch and Bargnani would have done better in today's NBA if they were being, if they're drafting drafty selves? we being available for the 2020 draft.
2: I, I, I said this to you earlier, but I, definitely Chris Bosch as, as as your five, like he, he kind of changed the game in that way, having an undersized kind of center. And we, we've seen that through this past playoffs, and especially with the Houston Rockets, their small ball lineup. But every team is now electing not to have – You don't really need to have a seven-foot guy out there as your center, right? And to have someone that can space the floor and shoot threes, like that's what Chris Bosch's game was. And he would definitely thrive in today's NBA. I would really love to see him on the Raptors right now. That would be a really sick lineup uh, with Fred. Hopefully Fred resigns, but Fred, Kyle, uh, OG, Pascal, and Chris Bosch. I think that would be a really nice five going out there. I'm not too sure about Andrea Bargnani, to be honest, though um i didn't really watch the raptors that closely during during his years and he he showed some moments of of shine um and he was a highly touted prospect and he was supposed to be the savior for the raptors but i'm not too sure if if he would thrive in today's nba yes he has the size yes he can space the floor and kind of be that point forward but I don't know something about his game just doesn't doesn't really appeal to me but i i could be proven wrong right like there could be a andre barniani like player playing right now that could be killing it so who knows definitely definitely chris bosh though for sure
0: for sure for sure and that kind of leads into my next question um well it's kind of too. i i'll ask you to kind of on the same talk but if you could bring back any one raptor in their prime their raptors prime so I, I bet you'd say like Kawhi leonard it would be that one season yeah basically what he did as a raptor who would you have back
2: um are they currently playing right now
0: like any raptor
2: any raptor ever, ever.
0: Mm, that's
2: a really tough question i, I, I was i would i would have liked to seen tracy mcgrady play the way that he played uh in his prime in a Toronto Raptors uniform because he didn't really get that opportunity in mm-hmm. Toronto. So definitely Tracy McGrady. Um, aside from that, I w- maybe, I can't really think of anyone. I would like to see like JV back, like Jonas Valanciunas back in yeah. a Raptors uniform. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they're going to really miss him, um, going into this season. Um, especially with uh, who knows what they're going to do with their centers. Like, uh, Barkasal apparently is not playing in the NBA anymore. And like the, that report went out and every all the Raptors fans were like, all right, see you, Mark. And then that tweet got deleted, I think. And like, uh, because the report was false, maybe, or something like that. But I, I can't see Mark being a Raptor next year. They, they won't sign him. Um, but I would like to see Serge back in the lineup for sure. But having JB, JV back um, for, for the upcoming season would, would have been uh, really nice especially with the lineup they have right now, it would have been a really good compliment to the, their lineup.
0: Oh yeah. And we'll talk about the off season very soon as well. But the second part of that question is, uh, would you rather have like on today's current Toronto Raptors uh, squad, would you rather have Bosch or DeRozan back in their primes?
2: Hmm. That's a really good question because the Raptors really need a wing scorer and they really missed that during the playoffs this year. It was really apparent. Like they didn't like, we thought Norman Powell would be that guy, especially going into the COVID break. Like he was playing out of his mind. And then during the playoffs, he, he, he had a couple flashes of that, but they really missed that wing scoring that, that Kawhi kind of provided last year during the season. So, but then, then again, like the Raptors had some trouble during the playoffs with their centers too. Like Serge played decently, but Mark didn't play that well uh, on an offensive perspective, and they really needed those that scoring right. So, e- either either way, you're not you're not gonna have a you're gonna have a difficult time choosing between both DeRozan and Bosch. But who would you pick? <laughs> I, I, I picked DeRozan. I, DeRozan. Like, yeah, Ooh, like okay. <laughs> I I really liked, like like. I like sometimes I'll just watch like J- J- DeMar DeRozan highlights and just like such an electric player, so fun to watch and like him during his prime was special. Like he he was dropping 30 points, he was dunking on everyone. Um and he, his mid-range game was unprecedented and and now on the, now in the Raptors no one can really shoot the mid-range. If you like they're all like either th- shoot a three or drive the paint, right? There's there's no real players that can get you a bucket uh, in the mid range. And that was, that was really apparent in that series against Boston, right? Like Siakam wasn't hitting anything like Fred wasn't hitting anything in the mid range. Like, so I, I think a mid range scorer, um, in DeMar Rosen would be really, would really, he would really fit this, this current Raptors team. I think if he, if he kind of took a, I then, then again, like who, what would your lineup be? Like Fred would have to come off the bench, right? If, yeah. if you have DeRozan at the two, right? So it, it definitely changes the dynamic of the lineup if you if you elect for DeRozan instead of Chris Bosch. But I, I would I would like to see uh, Demar playing with Pascal. I think I think they could they could be special together.
0: I thought that was just you know such a hard uh, like uh, debate those two players. I mean, for me, I, I don't know. It would be close, but I would probably pick Bosch just because overall in his prime, I guess you could say he was. Um, a little bit better. He was the man. Yeah, yeah. he was the man. Yeah, but... he was. So maybe in in terms of value, he definitely was more valuable. But yeah, it's just so close. Like, you know, those are two very close level. Players and a lot of players. a lot of
2: people like to count out DeRozan, especially mm-hmm. after, like, people's minds really changed after after this last season was over when they won. But like. Yeah during the beginning of the trade and like the few, first few people were, were still on DeMar's side. And then after they won the championship, Raptors fans don't like DeMar any, anymore for some odd reason. They kind of forget. And obviously that that's due to like uh, his playoff performances and all that kind of stuff, but you can't really discount uh, what DeMar did in the city of Toronto. And, and, and the fact that he elected to stay and sign that contract when he could have left all, definitely means a lot to most Raptors fans and to have him back playing I, I think that would be special as opposed to Bosch yeah. where he left and like obviously amazing player hall of famer of course but um it, it's it's a really hard debate it, you're, you're not gonna have a wrong answer with that for yeah. sure yeah exactly got all got comes down to use.
0: Yeah. To, to use yeah to use and value too. Usage, too. yeah, yeah. Damar's always gonna have a lot of love here and I think I, I was just gonna ask you, like, uh, he is a free agent this uh, this off uh-huh. Would you would you take a a, a chance uh, at him if you were the Raptors, uh, like, in charge of the Raptors, or, or no?
2: I, I think their game plan is for the, for the Giannis twenty twenty one. So yeah, you don't want to tie up your money. But then I was also seeing some uh, Victor Oladipo as your kind of backup plan, and that, that would be kind of cool to see Victor Oladipo as a as a Raptor. Uh, he's he's kind of like Demar Derozan, but he can shoot the three a little better and uh, probably a little bit better on defense. So either, either Victor Oladipo or Demar would pretty much complement the team very well. And if if we can see, hopefully Fred stays. That's that's obviously a big kind of factor in the whole thing too, and how much money you're going to give him. Um, because if you if you give him too much money, you kind of uh, run out of options and um, your lineup will look a little different if you want to keep Lowry during the year or maybe trade him for some assets and kind of gear up for 2021 as well. So the Raptors have a lot of decisions to make. This is a really important offseason for them. Like oh, from the pat, like obviously the, uh, the demar Hawaii trade was a huge offseason. Off uh, but I, I think this one is just as important for, for Masai and Bobby. Uh, in terms of decisions I, I i would love to see demar back in the raptors uniform uh though it'll be it would be really cool to see can they can they be a contending team with that lineup plus demar maybe um obviously demar is not the same as he was years ago um but it'll be interesting to see demar under uh nick nurse's offense and in his defense as well too so we'll see what happens what the team does but I, i'm really excited for the offseason and to see what moves they make or if they trade up in the draft or uh, there were some like lamello ball talks as well so who knows what uh the team's going to do this offseason oh, man
0: i don't know about you yeah. but i, I kind of i do like lamella Ball. I wouldn't say for the Raptors, but he's been he's been a player. I've Not been for the Raptors, hyping but yeah, up for a while. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited
2: to see him play. Maybe, him, yeah. Maybe it'll be the Knicks' savior. Who knows? Maybe he's
0: got the that. skill. He's got the skill. He just has to put it together.
2: Yeah. Def- oh, yeah, definitely better than his brother. So we'll we'll see what happens with the with the Ball family this next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely I'm, different I'm,
0: for him too because he's coming in with the uh, kind of the maturity from that he kind of learned yeah, from he, their he's mistakes. Playing, from Lonzo's yeah, and mistakes and things like that yeah
2: and he's he's played with the uh, grown men as well in the in the Lithuania league and even Australia too so definitely more experienced than his brother coming into the league and seeing the mistakes his brother and his dad made <laughs> uh in the first year first couple of seasons of Lonzo being in the league so hopefully uh he can take all all those learnings and kind of just dominate in his first season oh, yeah, so yeah, down, I, yeah I'm excited to see him play yeah
1: totally agree with you guys on that and while we're on the subject of uh, the Raptors plans uh, I've been thinking a lot about the 2009 uh, uh, Miami Heat when just the year before they shocked the world and got LeBron and Chris Sposh how they kept their roster pretty lean and were still able to make that move a year later so I think if the Raptors want to look at uh, how this should go about this uh, offseason they should probably look to that
2: yeah and I, I think like expectations are not that high as well from a fan perspective um going into the going into the season and hopefully competing in the playoffs but I think the bigger picture is definitely that 2021 and if you can kind of resign Fred and resign Serge without spending that much money I think they're they're kind of perfectly aligned to make that run for Giannis but who knows what Giannis is going to do? Is he going to stay in Miami or not Miami? Is he going to stay in Milwaukee or maybe go to Miami or maybe they trade him to golden state? Like who it's going to be a crazy offseason this year. And especially during the season too. So he's definitely the prize of everyone's eye and in the eyes of the owners and the GMs as well. And Giannis is going to have to make a big decision whether he wants, where, where he wants to play. Right. And it's, it's definitely all up to him. So, Wherever he sees that he can win a, a potential championship with, uh, he'll go to and hopefully, hopefully he has faith in Masai and Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse and um, the Raptors. Hopefully, the Raptors have the right roster to fit and accommodate Giannis. And why wouldn't you want to play in Toronto too? You're playing for the the country of Canada, right? So you could. And we saw what happened with a Kawhi Leonard. Like everyone was wearing new balance shoes and those silly king of the north crowns as well during the playoffs (laughs) last season like definitely if you want to expand your market definitely toronto and canada is the place to play so that's my little pitch to Giannis, if he if he ever hears this (laughs) i can attest to this because
1: uh, just around after the raptors won that championship i did indeed buy new balance shoes and a year later they're still going doing doing great
2: yeah, yeah, I I bought a couple pairs of New Balance shoes over the past year. So the Raptors I, color I, I, one. I, one. I didn't buy the Raptors oh, color one, went hard, ones, though, but, that uh, one. that one went. That Yeah, hard. I never got a chance to get my hands on those, but I got I got uh, a couple pairs of the nine nine sevens. Um. Okay. So yeah, and they're they're really comfortable shoes as well. So I'm, I'm not I'm not endorsed by New Balance in any way, but I, yeah. I, <laughs> I I like the I like the fit and the the comfortability of New Balance. Uh, they're really
0: nice shoes yeah nice yeah. nice and um my next question is just uh so obviously this upcoming offseason Fred van vliet sergey Baca, marcus all are all free agents who do you want to see back or who do you really what what do you realistically see the the raptors doing this offseason i think I'm, if
2: i was fred definitely stay with the raptors i really want to see him back like yeah, he didn't have the greatest series against Boston, but like people NBA Twitter has a really short memory, especially with when it came to Siakam and Fred. Oh yeah. Uh, during <laughs> that that Celtics series and that that that's another topic to get into. We could spend a whole podcast talking <laughs> Man, about it. Man, I
0: that. I I see so many bad takes about Pascal Terrible Siakam take. right now Terrible like just cuz of one <laughs> series they put him in like, you know, outside like the top 50 players. Like it's just like Yeah, like
2: and it, like what, what was crazy was he—he he was NBA second all like second all NBA team that was like that meant he was one of the top ten players in the league this year, from from a writers or media standpoint, right? They all voted him to be uh, within that top ten, and he was he was playing like that at at a point in the season too. Like he was he had the same kind of numbers as uh, I remember seeing a graphic saying like Kawhi and Siakam at this point of the season had the exact same numbers. And that was just because of his usage rate was up and credit to the Boston Celtics as well. Like they played, they defended out of their minds during that series and they, they held them down and Marcus smart made some really good shots. And if that didn't happen that way, the Raptors would have made it through and they, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam wouldn't have gotten the, 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 the kind of hate that he did online, but I'm, I'm sure next season he will be back better than ever He's only he's only increased his kind of skill and productivity every year, right? So, uh, I think next year it will be another level up for him. And like th- there was even conversation of, of him winning most improved player again this year, right? Like people like to forget that as well, too. So, I know we're talking about bringing back Raptors, but we got on the talk to- topic of Siakam. But I would I would definitely like to see uh, Fred and Serge back in back mm-hmm. in Raptors uniforms. I, I think with Fred. He's he's very money driven. You can see that with all the 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 endorsements and everything that he's done. He he definitely is making making use of all the all the opportunities given to him right now. And I think if you stay in Toronto, you'll get even more of that. You may not make as much as you would make in maybe New York or Chicago or Detroit, um, but definitely kind of being in Toronto, uh, solidifying your legacy here, playing here and and the different kind of opportunities that come with playing in Toronto and Canada.
0: we need more, And playing on a good
2: need... basketball team too, right? Like you don't want to play for the Knicks or yeah. the Bulls <laughs> or the Pistons. They, they're not good right now, right? And they, they don't look like they're going to be good in the next few years, right? So with the Raptors win another championship while you're here, right? During your next contract. So definitely, definitely Fred should stay. And then Ibaka has been, ever, ever since he kind of turned around from that playoff series, Uh, a couple seasons ago where, where he was frustrated with his play and he wasn't playing well. Serge Ibaka has been really good for the Raptors and he's definitely an energy guy. And um, even, even with him, the different opportunities he's got in playing in Toronto, uh, outside of just basketball, the different media opportunities, his cooking show, everything like that. Like, uh, when you're when when a lot of eyes are on you playing for for a, a country, I think that that means a lot to these players, especially these uh these uh international players as well, because they they kind of feel the same way. For sure. As an international player, yeah.
0: For sure. Um, we we definitely need uh we need Fred Fred stay staying here. We need him to get more endorsements here, like Tim Hortons, Canadian Tire, things like that. Got to jump on him. <laughs> but. Um, that would be something that would be something but uh yeah no i completely agree and we've been talking about for a while like sergi baka seems like the glue guy for the whole team really like he's like that player that's just likable and uh i feel like i feel like he's definitely he needs to be brought back i know there's been a lot of rumors lately about him his instagram bio things like that little hints of him you know um you know thinking about hitting the open market but i think i think he should be a top priority really I mean, while we're on the subject of uh,
1: contracts and free agents, there's perhaps no free agent in Toronto that uh, the team needs to take care of more than Masai. I mean, we could talk about Serge, we could talk about Fred, and they're obviously very important. But the key to this all working is having Masai remaining in Toronto. And the fact that we're already this deep into the offseason and there's been no news of uh, him agreeing to an extension, even though uh, Nick Nurse has his... I guess it has to be a little concerning for Raptors fans, is it not?
2: Yeah, I I think with 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 Masai, Raptors fans should should be a little bit worried. Like obviously, before the start of last season, going into the season, uh, we saw that that talk with the New York Knicks, and we saw those different clips, and then we saw the clip the clip of Masai saying he'll never work for the Knicks, and all all this different propaganda going on with Masai and the Knicks for sure. Um, But for Masai. I I think he's going to be thinking bigger than basketball at some point, right? Like maybe getting into politics at some point and thinking just bigger than basketball to a certain extent too, right? And I think making a legacy for himself and he's done what he's had to do with the Raptors, winning the, the franchise's first championship and at the back in the back of his mind, maybe going to another franchise and doing the same thing just to elevate his legacy and his name. Um, is probably a priority for him as well. So, I, I think with the, with the re-signing of Nick Nurse and um, no talk about kind of Masai coming back and Bobby coming back as well, it's definitely a priority for for MLSE and management to to get both of them back. Um, so, Raptors fans shouldn't be that that worried, but definitely in the back of their mind, thinking about may, hey, he may he may leave for another franchise, right? So. And at the end of the day, we we want Messiah to to continue his legacy. Hopefully it is with the Toronto Raptors, but we can't really feel away if it's with another kind of franchise as well. We want him to kind of make that name for himself and hopefully we'll see him even outside of the game of basketball kind of doing some great things in the world as well, whether it be in Canada or in the States or anywhere he decides to kind of take his next kind of steps.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Raptors fans, one thing's for certain. They still have a lot to, a lot to be excited about.
2: Yeah. And I, I think the, the future is really exciting and they've definitely used these few years. And we saw today that Nate Bjorken, Bjorken uh, one of the assistant coaches, former assistant coach now of the Raptors uh, uh, being hired as the, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers today. So uh, I have faith in the Raptors system and if, um, they they definitely produced all all this talent and uh, whether it be the players or the coaches or even the GMs as well. I'm sure there, there's someone in in their system already uh, ready to fill that role if if they haven't filled it already.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about teams that would love to have the the system and culture that the Raptors have, it'd have to be the Buffalo Sabres. And for those of you guys yeah. who don't know, Keyshawn is actually a Sabres fan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, sadly, uh,
0: he's both. He's <laughs> both mean, the Leafs and a Sabres. Both yeah. a Leafs
1: and Sabres
2: fan.
0: Very yeah. unique breed talk- there. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Sabres because it has been a pretty busy off for them. Chief among them mm-hmm. was uh, signing Taylor Hall. What do you like about the makeup of their roster now?
2: Yeah, I I think now that they have scoring. Well, they had scoring last year, and like obviously Jeff Skinner's productivity dropped off a lot last season. Uh, compared to the 40 goals that he scored the season before. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. Like, they they had a, a really good month, and then after that, they kind of dropped off. Like, they won, like, 10 games in a row or something like that, or had t- points in 10 straight games or uh, something along those lines. But definitely their offense is there. They've got some pieces in the, uh, in the back end with the defense. And their big thing is not having a really good goalie since Ryan Miller, and that's been so many years, right? So... We'll we'll see what happens um, with, with with their team, and they've they've gone through through so many changes and coaches and general managers and everything like that. So there's there hasn't been really good consistency, and then especially with talks of like them maybe dealing Jack Eichel too at some point because he's not really happy there. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. Definitely Taylor Hall, really great deal uh, for 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 the team. Um, he's he's going to be playing on the top line uh, with Eichel too, so um, it, it'll definitely boost up his numbers. And maybe they'll they'll deal him at the deadline for 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 some assets to a, a contending team. But in Taylor Hall's eyes, he he's just making the most of his situation, and hopefully he'll kind of do well with the Sabers and stay there long term. But who knows what's going to happen with the Sabers? Like every year, there's, there's there's talks of them being. A, a better team than they were the year before and then it, the losing starts happening so it, it's really tough to be a sabers fan but hopefully with these these different moves that they've made in the offseason especially with taylor hall um we'll see them win win some meaningful games right so who knows what's going to happen with the sabers because they always they always choke uh, they always do bad uh once the season comes around they'll they'll have one good streak <laughs> And then it'll get the Sabres fans excited, and then after that, it's pretty much nothing from their end.
0: Well, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. And then also, I mean, on the Leafs side, um, they made a lot of acquisitions, especially. Uh, they made. Joe they made Thornton. a ton of, a ton, yeah,
2: <laughs> ton of, ton of signings. Like it, the other day, they tweeted out all the jersey numbers and things like that. So, uh, what are your thoughts it's, on it's that? It's definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a a change in roster and definitely more experience going in the locker room with Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton. Um, Both of them have have never won a cup before. Uh, Wayne Simmons has been in the finals with, and Joe Joe Thornton has been in the finals as well. Um, So definitely that experience and knowing what to do in those kind of situations. And they were definitely lacking that uh, during their, they're not. They're playing series this year with Columbus, like not playing with enough heart. Um, and it'll it'll just be a good complementing piece to the top six forwards. I, I they didn't really do anything in terms of uh, getting any top six forwards because they didn't really need it. But uh, that that back half, uh, definitely that fourth line with with Thornton and then Spetsa and I'm not sure who else is going to play on that fourth line. But it'll definitely add that. Sort of experience, and they can d- score goals as well too. So that that offense won't be lacking. So and that that third fourth line is the most important in the playoffs, anyways, right? We we've seen that with Boston over the years and St. Louis uh, last year when they won the cup. So that depth is really important come playoff time, especially when you're when your scorers can't score, and it was only Austin Matthews really carrying that team during the playoffs this year, right? So hopefully we we see more out of Mitch Marner and. Uh and Austin Matthews continuing to be the player that he is, and those those pieces will just help them kind of be be be, be scarier to play against, right? And that's oftentimes the leaves people say like they're not that scary to play against, right? They don't have that grip factor, but definitely with these different moves that they made in the off season, uh, have added to that roster for sure.
0: For sure, for sure
1: uh i guess the million dollar question uh is uh when society opens up who knows when that is what's the first sporting event uh, you're gonna attend
2: um hopefully hopefully a raptors game for sure or or baseball is always fun like with, with raptors i'm i'm most of the time i'm just working the games anyway so i'm never there as a fan um but the the two 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 really fun ones uh Blue Jays and Toronto FC games like if you guys have ever been to Toronto FC games as fans Mm -hmm. they're they're so fun like when it when it's not cold and raining those games are like really fun to be a part of the crowd really gets into it and it's definitely the most kind of active and loud crowd aside from maybe Raptors playoff basketball if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so TFC games are always a fun time Um, especially in the summer, like I said, when it's not cold and raining, because once those playoffs come around, like I remember when I was with TSN covering the TFC kind of playoffs, it was always raining on game day. Like it would be just cold and raining. And I'm pretty sure during the MLS cup day, it was like snowing. I mean,
0: that's the European (laughs) way to play, right? In the the European (laughs) way to
2: play. Not, not fun when you're, when you're standing there with a camera worried about your equipment and just freezing. Um, but definitely fun when uh, the weather is really nice. And oh, yeah. that environment's really really fun to be a part of, like the the whole march they do down to the stadium and pre pre-drinking and pre-eating at, at at the different pubs in that area in Liberty village as well. it's it's a really nice community to be involved with. and there's nothing like that with the Leafs and Raptors. I, I guess with the Raptors a little with uh, the whole Jurassic Park kind of setup and that kind of community coming together during the playoffs. but there's nothing like that during the season, and I would like I would like to see MLSC put put more into kind of the community aspect uh, behind maybe the the Leafs and Raptors uh, in a post pandemic time. Just be, just because like having having like a, a community bar where all Leafs fans can go, or bar that all Raptors fans could go, would would really expand uh, their fan base a lot and just create create a bigger fan base as well too and it's just fun to be a part of right so mm-hmm. definitely bringing that environment of tfc into the into hockey and base or basketball would be would be really cool
1: yeah for sure. i've been to one tfc game a few years ago and i can confirm that it is a it's quite the environment to be in and i would love to go another one soon
2: yeah Let's especially hope. when you like learn all the like the chants that they do and all that kind of stuff it, it, it's so fun to be a part of
0: let's hope we can go back soon. Um, and then also what, what event or actually like, obviously there's a whole bunch of new athletes as well coming to Toronto. I mean, as we saw in the Leafs, things like that. Um, who would you, what game would you want to work and Like, you know, shoot and what, what, what player would you want, want to, uh, shoot?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, from from a baseball perspective, because I because I was hired this year to to work in baseball, definitely the Blue Jays, the new players. Like I, I got to shoot them during spring training this year, um, but definitely to see them in action next next year would be special with Nate Pearson and uh, Vlad Jr. Uh, full off season under his belt and Bobichet and Kevin Biggio as well, and whatever whatever off season moves they make this. This uh, this off as well this winter so definitely the Blue Jays for sure uh, and then I was really looking forward to Raptors and Lakers at the, that was supposed to happen at the end of the season uh, with Danny Green coming back and LeBron James so definitely definitely a Raptors Raptors and Lakers kind of matchup uh, as one of one of the events that I'm looking forward to to either being at or even working uh, because Le- shooting LeBron James would be really special. And I think I, I want to do it as many times before he retires because he'll, he'll go down as one of the best players to ever play basketball, right? So definitely want to capture him as much as I can uh, while he's playing.
0: For sure. Honestly, let's just hope that, uh, you know, everything starts to open up and then, you know, we can get back to working in, you know, kind of yeah. in person again.
2: Yeah, especially with you graduating uh, from school th- this year too, so wanting to that opportunity to hopefully work in sports, right? And oh, right yeah. now it's not looking looking yeah. too great with no sports going on, but hopefully, I mean, hopefully next yeah. year
0: the grind still or there. Soon. You do know? gotta look for the grind uh, is still, still there. Look for the opportunities. yeah.
2: Yep, exactly. And you can't use it as an excuse. You mm-hmm. you, you always want to make the most of any opportunity that presents itself, especially during. Uh, these COVID times,
0: for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll we'll end off this uh, this interview very soon. Uh, last question is uh, World Series predictions because it does start tonight. So, uh, mm-hmm. who do you have winning winning the World Series? I,
2: I, I think the Dodgers are going to win uh, in six games. I, I, I think their offense has come come alive at the right time, and we we saw that during the Brave series, and especially with that one game where they hit 15 runs and they had that electric first inning their their bats have definitely woken up um, but i really like the rays pitching as well like their their trio of Glasnow, snell and morden have been electric during the season and they'll they'll present some problems definitely and then that rays bullpen as well um, has been really good with robertson and castillo um, so we'll, we'll see what happens i i, I still think the uh, the Rays will, will will give the the Dodgers some problems, but I, I really like the the Dodgers offense. They they've been really fun to watch, and uh, all the all their players have have woken up at the right time. And it, I I think we're gonna get a really good series, either six or seven games, or it could be a sweep. We that that'll happen sometimes, right? So, mm-hmm. but I'm really I'm really glad that even though we had this short in season and everyone complaining about the playoff format and with a wild card and all that kind of stuff with under 500 teams getting into the playoffs. I think it's really cool that the, the the both teams with the best record in the league uh, are playing each other in the finals this year. Like uh, not too often that happens uh, in sports. It's usually an underdog. And we saw that with the Miami heat um, and, and Lakers, this, this, this playoff, this, in these NBA finals. And that was a bit of a crapshoot as well with a, with a couple players getting injured uh, with Drogic and uh, Bam getting injured. And we really didn't get the result that we were looking for um, in terms of having an exciting finals uh, in the NBA. But I think with the, with this MLB finals, we're going to see some really good baseball over the course of, I'd say six or seven games. But I, I still, I still like the Dodgers in this one. I want to see Kershaw win at least one championship and hopefully he pitches well tonight um, because he's had a bad rep of not performing and showing up in the playoffs. So hopefully he kind of silences the haters tonight and has a really good game. But I I think the Dodgers are going to take it in six. What about, what do you guys think?
0: I think the Dodgers are going to take it. I think they're looking for revenge against uh, kind of being wronged by the the Astros. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think I, they, they I want, want I that redemption. To, yeah. You know? yeah, and the
1: Rays ran out of gas too in the uh, ALCS, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think the yeah. Dodgers have the advantage.
2: Yeah, they're going up three zero, and losing that 3-0 lead is very scary. And they they had to use a lot of resources to even get through that that whole seven game series. So, and, and it's a quick turnaround too. Like they're they're playing tonight. They were playing on Saturday um hopefully hopefully all everyone's rested up and ready to go and we get a really good series but i i think with the with the dodgers bats waking up at the right time and the the rays maybe being a little tired uh from the season or the series before i I think that 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 that'll equate to the dodgers taking this one
0: for sure um absolutely yeah i don't think
1: we have any more questions so i guess really all that's left to say is Keyshawn. Man, thank you so much for, again, taking time uh, to come on our show. We always appreciate it. And uh, for providing your valuable insight on uh, sports and photography.
2: Yeah. Uh, as always, guys, uh, third time's a charm. And hopefully you guys will invite me on uh, again in the future because it's always a good time kind of chopping it up with you guys. So I uh, just want to say thank you. Ho- hopefully uh, we'll get that YouTube video out very yeah, shortly yeah, we're so we don't, be... we don't we're gonna be fast. We don't keep the that. fans waiting. Yeah, um, but def- definitely once this World Series is over, I'm gonna be gonna be focusing more on the YouTube stuff. But um, a little, a little bit of a, I may be doing a, a workshop in the near future, mm-hmm. and so I'll, I'll definitely um, be letting my social media know and letting you guys know as well. Um, and hopefully, you guys can join that and watch that. But. uh be on the lookout for a workshop coming soon at the end of November, just confirming some stuff. So can't release all the details right now, but it's looking like there's going to be uh, a workshop, online workshop uh, coming this November. So a little, a little plug there as well for fans right. to, and listeners to look out
0: for. I will hundred percent be interested in that and any listeners for sure. Look out for that, especially if you're looking to get into, you know, photography or sports media kind of things in general. Mm-hmm so uh yeah so thank you so much uh really appreciate it yeah for sure hopefully we can have you on again uh very soon keep up keep up with you uh and your work so yeah thank you
2: it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of of when (laughs) it's a matter of when that's that's the right mindset so maybe a little maybe one before one of the season gets going Mm -hmm. or right right before the end of the year something like that that would be great
1: well well what was that another awesome interview with Keyshawn what can we say like he's the man he's really the man he is
0: oh man so Uh, uh, we're definitely looking forward make sure you check out his socials I mean we didn't ask him this time but uh you know this is his third time on here um so you know his socials are well known but we will put them in the uh in the description below I believe his uh his uh, Twitter and Instagram are underscore Keyshawn Mystery. Um, we'll double check that and put in the description either way. So make sure you check it out.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I want to do something, bring up something really quickly because you guys are talking about which former Raptor you'd like to bring back uh, for this modern team. I know this guy was only technically on the Raptors
0: for one year, but imagine they got Prime Hakeem Olajuwon. Prime. Oh, that would be and I'd say that would be the best. I'd say <laughs> if you're talking about the greatest Raptor to ever play um it would probably be him i know people say it's 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 technically Kawhi leonard the greatest player to ever play for the raptors because they got Kawhi leonard in the, in, in his prime but yeah i mean if you're looking at the players that have played for the raptors regardless of the, if they played in their prime or not it would mm-hmm. be hakeem 100 it's it's just
1: hilarious because it's one of those things that people forget about I was like oh yeah hakeem was on the raptors saw, for a hot minute
0: <laughs> i saw a thread of like weirdest jerseys on players like you know when players go to like a random team for half a season or a season and then you look back and it's like they look so weird in that jersey uh yeah yeah, i mean every time i see him in the purple raptors jersey it just looks so odd it's just crazy yeah
1: but i mean listen it happened so he technically counts for this discussion
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) even thinking about that like the whole jersey swap thing it's gonna be weird seeing joe thornton in a leaf sweater
1: oh yeah but it'll be cool. It'll get over, cool. it
0: real quick. yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. So we're we're almost done this week's episode. We just wanted to quickly d- discuss uh, week six for the NFL. Uh, wasn't a good week for uh both of our teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a Bills fan. Matthews a Browns fan, and they had two big games this week and they lost. So. Why don't we start with you, Matthew? Your Browns Um, had a big test against the Steelers, and they failed. How are you feeling? I'm going
0: to keep it plain and simple. The Browns, they shot really high this uh, season and and started off great. You know, it had to come down eventually, and this was the game I was already kind of penciling in. If they were to kind of, you know, come back back to ground, um, this was the game. And, yeah, I mean, (laughs) the Steelers pretty much blew them out, but... uh, I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, I wasn't expecting the Browns to, you know, all of a sudden be, uh, you know, you know, shoot to the top. But um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? Right. Yeah.
1: And I, I'm kind of with you on that for this Bills game. Obviously, last week was very frustrating because that Titans team had all the COVID tests and the game was being pushed back so far. And uh, when that game finally did get played, uh, the Bills played probably one of their worst games of the season against a really good uh, Bill Titans uh, offense, but a a not so good defense. So just to see their effort was pretty disappointing. And this week uh, was probably pretty frustrating in that sense because their run defense was really bad. They let too many uh, run plays, their defense lines not that great, and neither has been their secondary. But I also knew that uh, it's really hard to, to to slow down this Chiefs offense. So if the Bills kept it close, I knew that was a good game. And to the extent they did. But at the same time, there were some boneheaded plays they made in the game. So it was super frustrating to see them lose at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, we'll just see what um, next week brings. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're looking forward to we got,
1: it. You got the Bengals. We, we got the Jets. So mm-hmm. I, if uh, if my math goes correctly, that that means uh, both the Browns and the Bills are probably going to win those games. So we'll,
0: we'll see. see. Hopefully not a jinx, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> Knock on wood for that.
0: Um, But yeah, so we will end off this uh, week's episode with that. Uh, we are going to most likely take a week off next week. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see you guys, uh, everyone, all the listeners, uh, in two weeks. Um definitely need a need a need a need a week to kind of regroup everything and we we want to you know plan some new things for uh for the pod
1: yeah absolutely and uh obviously we can't make any guarantees but we're gonna try and get some uh some good stuff for you guys uh, in terms of guests uh we'll see maybe we have something big planned don't want to jinx it of course uh, just like we said for the browns or the bills but hey you never know there might be something really cool coming up in a couple weeks
0: for sure and uh yeah with that uh I mean, we'll, we'll shout out our socials for me on Twitter. You can tweet me, message me, uh, you know, give us feedback or questions about the podcast, anything like that. Suggestions you can tweet me at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore.
1: You can find me on Twitter at the Leafs IMO. You can uh, find both of our works at the Leafs nation and uh, Matthew, of course can be found at Raptors HQ as well.
0: And you can also, uh, you can follow our podcast Twitter on Twitter at, um, at behind the net pod so yeah thank you and guys our youtube for, channel yeah oh yeah and our youtube channel behind the net podcast as well so uh thank you all for uh listening and we will see you in two weeks two weeks